Hello and welcome to the Council Culture Podcast. This is a podcast where we look through the lens of counselling in today's culture to help and equip you to live life to the full wherever you are. My name is Nicholas Marks and I'm the host of Council Culture. We'll talk to people from all walks of life, of expertise, thought leaders, counsellors, psychologists, authors, pastors, academics, people just like you and me who can share from their experience, their gifts and their genius to help equip you where you're at. So if you're someone who's wanting to grow and learn and transform and then help those around you, we're really passionate about helping you and guarantee you're going to benefit from and hopefully also enjoy the Council Culture Podcast. Now, I really believe that every person right now, every organisation right now is in some type of transition. It's affecting all of us. And that's important to know. And I think understand, well, if that's the case, what is transition? In the last 12 months for me and the people around me, I feel like the way that we connect has really changed. It's not necessarily in massive groups, but it's more one-on-one. So in some senses, it's been hard uh, because of more separation, but also it's really deepened those one-on-one connections. For me, when I think about the big change that's happened at work, it's that the pace of life has quite dramatically increased. I think with the rise of Zoom culture that's jumped on, there's now an expectation that you're kind of always available, always ready to have a meeting. And that seems to have really sped up the pace of work life. Due to the restrictions and the inability to go outside for long periods of time, my mental health really declined. I was alone with my thoughts and I didn't have anybody to talk to or to connect with. And so it was difficult for me to navigate those negative emotions by myself. As a counsellor, I've seen changes in clients being more comfortable with online counselling. There are also more people and family members coming for relationship counselling. And the sense is working out of the home pre-COVID, perhaps masked issues that more time spent together is now revealing. The oversaturation of news in the media is overwhelming. I don't know what's fact or a fabrication. So I feel forced to follow rules blindly out of fear of what might happen if I don't. As a father and a pastor, uh, life has been impacted on various fronts uh, over the last 12 months. Personally, I suppose, like many with reduced working hours, I've had to be more cautious about spending. Uh, Ministry-wise, the focus of much of my preaching seemed to involve addressing fear and uncertainty that has been dominant factors in our world. When COVID hit, it was really scary for me and the children. I'm a mum first, of course, so all my energy went into protecting the family to try and keep everyone contained and safe at home. And there was a lot of emotion like attached to that for the kids and also for us as parents having a break. I also work in mental health and run a you know huge team of counsellors and trying to adapt um, our whole platform of work to an online system was really challenging. But at the end of it all, we've learned really great skills. We've learned how to be more self-sufficient and 
um, look inward and, and not being so reliant on external things to keep us happy. And although it's been difficult, it's been good in a lot of ways. One aspect of the COVID-19 pandemic that has impacted my life is my housing situation. I was living in the city with two other girls, but due to the pandemic, those two girls had to move out and uh, relocate. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to find new housemates, so I decided to move back home, and this has impacted me significantly. As a 13-year-old in high school, I'm a bit worried about the situation. Like, things can get quite overwhelming with the media and the news, and there are a lot of very sad and depressing things. And I feel like I'm coping well, but I don't like the... I did not like homeschooling, as that made me fall back a little bit in my work, and that's very important to me. Today's episode is brought to you by the Australian Institute of Family Counselling, AIFC, and Cadence Media. Well, I'm really excited to be here with you and also to introduce you to two special people and co-hosts whom you'll regularly hear on the Council Culture Podcast, Max Schneider and Siobhan Baresi. Hi, Max. How are you? Hey, Nick. Really, really well. Excited to be here with you and Siobhan. Um, thanks for inviting me and uh, looking forward to the next 30 minutes. Be yeah. A great conversation. Yeah. yeah. That's great. It is a conversation. So, yeah, well said. You're in Sydney today. I'm in Sydney with you. We should mm-hmm. point that out to the listeners. Yes. And Siobhan, um, where are you? I'm in Melbourne and it's mm. a beautiful sunny day here today. How's the coffee? The coffee is always amazing in Melbourne. Always. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably oh. would agree with that, actually. Almost as good as Rome. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> when in Rome. Hey, Siobhan, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. The big things. Well, I guess that the first big thing is that yeah. um, I'm married to John and we're coming up to 32 years in December and we have three beautiful adult kids, two, two who live at home, one who is married. So um, life is really good. We've moved into a different phase of our grandma. life. Um, and it's wonderful. Mm. About mm. to be, sure, soon. Yeah. And I guess that really taps into the work that I do as well. I I work with young people um, in the professional setting as a counsellor and clinical family therapist. So adolescence is my specialty. Hey, Max, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, Not quite 32 years like Siobhan, but I've been married for 10 years Mm -hmm. to Tatiana. And we've got three beautiful daughters, uh, the youngest of whom took her first steps this week. So, um, yeah, exciting time for the family. Yeah, um, yeah. I manage the personal and professional development arm of AIFC. So we put together courses and certificates and memberships for people who want to be equipped yeah. to help and grow in um, their emotional and mental health. In life. Mm, in life. And yeah. in work. And in work, yeah. yeah. Okay. And so you're also a therapist as well, counsellor. Correct, yeah. Okay. So I, I um, see a small um, caseload of um, families, couples and young people. Um, so counselling and family therapy um, in Sydney and um, increasingly online as well. So face-to-screen options for people who, who want to do that. Yeah, that that's really increasing, isn't it? Yeah, in, absolutely. In all aspects of our lives. Well, welcome to you both to episode one. So episode one, you're in transition. 
So transitions begin with an end. It's the change that happens around us and it's us, the person, people who do the transitioning or in some cases don't. Um, so change happens around us, we transition. There's this land between where we're not quite where we've left from but we haven't got where we're going. So it's got quite an uncomfortable or messy middle and that's really important to understand, hey, I'm in a messy middle and uh, it doesn't necessarily feel good all the time. Um, we want things to go back to normal. You might have heard that a lot. It'd be great when this passes and things go back to normal. Hey, some things haven't changed, but some things really have, and they won't be going back. And so there's a transition that we have to make in adjusting and moving on to the new, and that is important to know. It's often forced on us, and we don't often elect to do it. We have to choose to transition, though, when the change happens. And, and sometimes staying here where we're you know, where we have been or where we are feels a bit more comfortable and it's hard to get out of our comfort zone. I think it's really important that we look around us and understand the times, like the guys in uh, King David's army back in the day, the men from Issachar, who knew and understood the times. Um, do we understand the times we're in? Well, we know some things and others we have a whole bunch of questions that we don't yet have answers for and so there's some tension there. Um, Hey, um, Max and Siobhan, I came across this quote. Um, and now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably a little bit deep for episode one, but I'll just, I'll just say it anyway, so <laughs> stay with me. Um, it may be that when we no longer know what to do, we've come to our real work. And when we no longer know which way to go, we've become, begun our real journey. The mind that isn't baffled is not employed. The impeded stream is the one that sings. Wendell Berry. It is a bit deep, isn't it? Mm, it is, but deep's good. Yeah. yeah it's a yeah. good quote. Yeah, I was just reflecting, Nick, as you were chatting about the way that you put in the messy middle. Yep. And um, Siobhan, you can probably vouch for this, but I was just thinking the counselling space is so much like that. It's people who are experiencing challenges around their transitioning yeah. um, and, and in that sort of messy middle and need the help of someone to come alongside and yep. you know, tell them, hey, mm. this, is what, um, this is what it looks like. Um, it's not going to last forever and these are the tools that you... Uh, you can use to get yourself out. Yes. Mm. Mm. And I think change, change can be really scary for many people, especially when we don't know what what the end product is going to look like as well. We're creatures of habit. We like to actually be able to predict our future. And when we can't do that, that can cause some anxiety. Yeah. The illusion of control, eh? that we've got, mm. we've got things under control until we don't. Mm. That's right. Yeah, and it is, there is some scariness, isn't it? Um, the messy middle. And, and I think what you were saying, Max, important is if I mentioned you can get stuck sometimes. So the nature of being stuck, and we all get stuck from time to time, is when you're stuck, uh, it's hard to get yourself out of something when you're stuck. It is. And, and often you, don't, you lose a sense of perspective. Yeah. Um, in the in the middle in the mess, yeah. um, mm -hmm. I think that what counselling or um, coaching, um, any of the helping professions do is to help you to change the perspective, um, yeah. and to give you the tools to to do that well. Yep. Rather than sitting there spinning your wheels. Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just on that, we talked about this is called council culture. It's the council culture, not cancel culture. It's the council <laughs> culture. Important difference mm -hmm. there in our so understanding mm -hmm. it, understanding our times. Uh, what is good counselling, Siobhan? What's good counselling in psychotherapy? 
Oh, look, I think uh, that's a really big question, but um, it's drawn me to think to think of two really poignant points. I think when we're when we're laying down the groundwork for for a good process, I think the first one is that I think um, the client and the practitioner need to have a really good therapeutic rapport. That's definitely an essential component in in practice. Um, we know that clients really need to feel safe and respected. Yep. And if that doesn't happen in the process, then the process itself is not really going to be beneficial. We do that with really good listening skills and applying empathy or, or what we sort of call that em- empathic care right. to develop that trusting relationship. The second big ingredient, I think, is to develop what we call a therapeutic alliance or the Ooh. working alliance which is really about how the practitioner and how the client set up this relationship. What are we working towards? Do do we have agreed goals? Do we have agreed tasks on how we're going to get to those goals? And do we have transparency where a client can say, you know what, this is actually not working for me? Mm. Or where the practitioner can say, I get the sense you're feeling really stuck with this. What else can we do to help with this? So it's about having that transparency. So definitely that that relationship that that underpins the process, but also the therapist and the practitioner to be on the same page around where we're going. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. So really important things. And and make it clear to our listeners, we want to advocate that um, talking to someone, for example, seeing a counsellor, Maxi mentioned a coach, seeing a counsellor from time to time, to work through some things is a really good thing. And and we want to normalise that. It's like, hey, we don't, mm. we don't think you need to go to one every second day and overdo it, and, but there's a time where we all get stuck. So my son is into four-wheel driving, and um, if you picture a four-wheel drive that gets stuck, um, sometimes they need a tow or someone else to come alongside mm. them and say, hey, can I give you a hand? And it's like mm. that in life is getting ourselves unstuck doesn't make a whole lot of sense, although we sometimes just sit there and hit the accelerator and try and go harder and it just doesn't work for us and it gets Mm. worse and worse. So that logic is really good, Siobhan. Thank you. Um, Max, why is counselling important at this time? Um, Well, this time, the last 12 months, I think, the last 18 months with um, a global pandemic um, and the challenges that that has brought in, um, I think it's very normal for people to be feeling wobbly um, and yeah. um, in the messy middle, not wanting answers, um, feeling stressed, um, mm. feeling anxious about when things will end um, and also how to navigate the, the enormous changes that have been brought about by, the, by what's going on around us. Um, so I think it's really important to, um, to, I think, A, for people to be checking in with each other. Yeah. Um, particularly if you've got a pre-existing uh, vulnerability or you're a, a, a risk person, mm. um, to check in and say, how are you going? How are you travelling? And do you need support? Do you need help? Um, how can, what can that look like? So I love what you said, Siobhan, about, um, you know, getting feedback about that relationship. And because sometimes what we think will work for someone, it might not necessarily be what the client or the person wants. Yeah. So um, yep. the research is now saying eliciting that feedback regularly is really important, yep. much more than the model that you're using or what you're doing with them. Um, so I think, and, and, and you know, normalising, as you said, Nick, the, 
the challenges and the benefit that can come out of a, yeah. a coaching or a counseling relationship because oh, yeah. uh, you can see things from a different perspective. Yeah. Yep. That, that's very helpful. Um, if you're hearing that background noise, it is absolutely belting down here in Sydney. <laughs> Max, you touched on some things there. How are people going right now in your opinion? Look, I think the great thing about um, the Australian spirit is that we're remarkably resilient. Um, so what I've observed in my practice and in dialogue with friends and family and what the data is also showing us through a survey that we did last year is that people in general are very good at finding meaningful positives in challenging times. So you hear about you know, spending more time with family and friends, um, the benefits of working from home rather than travelling to the office. It's the glass half full rather than half empty position. Um, having said that, though, um, out of 370 responses that we received last year from a survey, um, we found some responses that are potentially troubling. Um, almost half of the people who responded told us that they worry um, so much that it affects their day-to-day living. And 70% say that they had problems with sleep and getting, um, you know, dif- experiencing difficulty getting motivated. Uh, that's, a, that's a large number. Siobhan, in your practice, what are you seeing? Look, it's been really interesting since we've actually gone back to face-to-face work. We, we moved completely online in 2020, which was interesting on itself, providing telehealth to adolescents who were literally falling out of bed and into a counselling session. Um, but certainly what we've noticed yeah. uh, in the aftermath, particularly here in Victoria where we had the longer lockdown, we're certainly seeing oh, yeah. a lot higher presentations in um, anxiety disorders. Now, they, they may not be full threshold disorders, but we're certainly seeing an increase in symptoms. And of those whom we were seeing previous to COVID, we've seen much more entrenched symptoms as well. Um, one of the things that's been really notable in my work setting is the presentation of eating disorders mainly in females, um, but we're certainly seeing those whom were already linked in with services where those services stopped, we're seeing a much higher increase in the intensity of the disorder, but we're also noticing some new presentations that actually commenced whilst in lockdown, which was quite interesting particularly for the fact that people weren't able to engage in services um, and a lot a lot of young people feeling so isolated. Um, so that's been a really interesting phenomena that I've seen in my work setting. We've also seen a, an increase in family violence rates as well. So that's been quite um, right. quite prevalent in in family violence. but I think that's that's nationwide. that's not just Victoria. Yeah, and Max, you mentioned something before. If you were, um, and this wouldn't always be the case, but if you're struggling with something or not in a good place or a vulnerability before the last 18 months, um, that's going to be exacerbated Mm, exacerbated. when you come into a a crisis Mm. or a hard time. Exactly, yeah. And I've noticed that, as Siobhan said, the interpersonal violence, um, knowing how to navigate the changes, um, spending more time together. Um, with families and, and couples in you know longer periods in, in at home, 
Um, and the, the other one, it's probably the younger generation alpha that I've noticed in my practice. So kids who were born after 2010 or 2012 and for whom COVID has really given uh, you know, a name to fear and anxiety. So those kids are really struggling and we need to be doing things now to make sure that there's no long, long-term um, mm. impacts. I think that's really interesting, Max, because what we're seeing in some of the younger children in my workplace is a lot of anxiety around social, so social anxiety, but we're also seeing a lot of health-related anxiety which is really interesting. So if a person coughs, all of a sudden there's this anxiety response, Mm. um, particularly in the young people. And and I guess it makes me think about what are we going to look like in five or 10 years' time with this particular generation? Do you think there's more of that to come, Siobhan, in terms of how this, uh, if I could use the term, washes through over time? Think of a wave as it it rolls in. Is there more of a wave to come? And I don't want to be too negative or, you know, doom and gloom, but... I think it's important to talk about some well, of Well, I things. think so too, Nick, because um, as I mentioned earlier, we're creatures of habit. We want to be able to control our environment. So sometimes it is helpful for us to have a healthy view of, of the forecast. Um, and I guess in answer to your question, we certainly know that um, there was a, a study done through Origin Youth Health, and they actually have said that... Um, The COVID-19 mental health curve is meant to peak around about mid-2023. So we're we're still yet to see, I guess, the height of of what we're left with in that aftermath. Um, And they've projected that an additional 370,000 Victorians, so that's just Victorians, aged between 4 and 84, um, could be experiencing mental health disorders when when we hit that peak. So that's just in Victoria, which is, um, you know, I, I think that's that's probably what I'm forecasting. We're going to see a lot more of the aftermath. Yeah, okay. That's, that's it's important data to know about. Um, and in that, how do we be people of hope and still have an optimism and a resilience, as Max touched on, and... Um, Maybe I'd say it as a healthy realism mm. of where we're at, so defining mm. reality, but still being people of hope and optimism uh, in, a, in a sensible, realistic mm. way as well. There's, there's an important balance there, Absolutely. isn't there? There is. And uh, Siobhan, if I can just jump in, the, the, the sense of purpose that I think that is what, Nick, you're, you're just touching on there. So well-being, mental health is important, emotional mental health is important, but well-being, I think, takes in much more than that and includes a sense of purpose in life, um, financial security, being connected yeah. with other people. And so I think whatever happens in the next 12 months, we've just got to make sure that um, as helpers, as people who advocate for mental health um, and support and that we are looking at those three areas and yeah. um, making sure that we're putting things in place or helping people navigate um, to ensure that that golden triangle of well-being is really mm-hmm. well looked after. So mental health, emotional health is really important. So is financial security and connectedness and strong relationship with other people. Mental, emotional health, financial health and healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's it. Yeah, the big three. And are they, just thinking you mentioned a, an unholy trinity before, Max, about fear, control and anxiety. Yeah. And those other three 
really good ones are important in countering that or at least bringing some perspective and Absolutely. balance. Absolutely. So you can think about it almost as risk factors and mm. protective mm. factors. So those are the things we want to be championing is how do we connect people to services that help them with, um, with finances, with income support? Mm. How do we connect them to other people? Um, isolation is really detrimental to all oh sorts yeah, of mental huge. health mm. stuff. A lot of people um, out there who are, who are alone and isolated. feeling isolated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and um, how do we connect people to purpose as well? Yeah. Something meaningful to do. And maybe you can relate, like fear and anxiety and worry are always knocking on the door, wanting to move in and you mm. know, take up the spare bedroom. Um, it's how we do life well so we can keep it at bay and... And, and live our life to the full, as we said at the start of why this podcast exists. Max, there's a section, and for our listeners, there's a section called Good Counsel. This is about practical tips for people to take away. So in terms of good counsel, Max, on what we were just saying, what would be your one thing? Oh, one thing. Yeah, I know, it's hard to get, yeah, you know? it's hard to get, to get yeah. it to one. Yeah. Look, if it was one, I'd probably say... Um, just look out for and check in with people who may be feeling more wobbly than normal. Um, so we know that um, if you're a casual worker, if you're somebody who's got a pre-existing vulnerability, as I said earlier, or um, if you're a young person, um, someone who might have existing mental health, those people are going to be more at risk. So just look out for them. Not um, as in young person like, like me, you mean really a really a young really, person? A really young person. Okay. Genuinely young. Genuinely, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, but just check in. Check in, find out. I mean, we hear that a lot. Um, you know, are you okay? Um, yeah. Just check in and normalise the process of getting support um, to navigate the messy middle. So peop- so doing that for yourself, of course, and for people who are just in your circle of sphere of influence in life. For sure. The, Stop- la- the lady down the road? The lady down the road, the person in the in the coffee shop, you know, yep. people in your in your workplace, yep. um, in your school, just check in, right. um, and then you know, encourage people to to seek out help when they need it, and as we said, just normalise it. You know, we all need we all get wobbly from time to time. It's just about saying, yeah. um, what can I do to get myself into a better position? Great, Siobhan. Look, I. Yeah, my one my one big thing is to try and keep some sort of perspective in all of this. Um, right now, it can be hard for, for any of us. And I think even us as mental health practitioners, we're included in all of that to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but this situation will resolve eventually. You know, as humans, we are highly adaptive and life will sort of seem normal again. It, it's going to be a new normal mm. But I, I think we need to, we really need to understand that, um, yes, we're definitely being challenged right now, but we're far from helpless. You know, we can take control. We can take steps to actively manage our emotional health when we're stressed or distressed. And, and you know, we, we can communicate with others to stay connected to them, as Max said. Um, and I think some of those, those questions that we need to be asking ourselves when we're finding that we're going down that rabbit warren of the the what ifs um, and looking at the future as being grim and bleak you know what are the things that are within my control and and am I potentially overestimating the likelihood of of the worst case scenario I think yeah Yeah. I think we have to ask ourselves you know what strategies have helped me cope with challenging situations Mm. in the past and and you know what will serve me well during this time and and what's, what's one small 
helpful or positive action that I can take right now. I think that that's really important. And um, as Max said earlier, Australians, we're we're a pretty resilient bunch. I mean, yes, COVID-19 pandemic, but floods, bushfires, this country is renowned for those sorts of things and we always do bounce back. So um, I think think we've just got to have some perspective and take a bit of a step back and know that we will get through this. So play the long game. This too shall pass. Yeah, and I, th- I think, yeah. I think once yeah. we do, I, I think we'll emerge from this crisis having gained something of, of great value. Um, you know, something that really only true challenges can bring, which is increased resilience and, and understanding and empathy. Yeah, we don't grow when things are going swimmingly, do we? Oh, that's good, Nick. One of my favourite questions is, what's the opportunity that this is? You know, yeah. what's the opportunity in this? That's yeah. a great, it's a great question to reflect on. Yeah. Uh, thank you both for those good counsel tips and practices. Um, Max, thank you. Siobhan, thanks to you uh, joining us from Melbourne today. Really valued you both being part of episode one. Thank you. Oh, it's been great it's been to great. be here. I'm yeah. excited. Absolutely. Uh, Ring so on episode two and three. Yes, yes. Okay, it's speaking of episode two, thank you, Max. Great segue. Um So thanks to our listeners for being with us for episode one. Episode two on council culture is we talked about you're in transition. Part of that, this next one is generations in transition. We're going to be talking to a special guest, uh, Claire Madden, who's a social researcher, author and speaker. And with Claire, we're going to take uh, a a really close look at um, how 2020, 2021 has impacted generations. So if you're a well, you're going to be one of these if you're a uh, Gen Alpha, Gen Z, Gen Y, Gen X or Baby Boomer, then chances are you're going to have seen or maybe experienced things a bit differently. And so how do we understand that so we can understand each other better? Hey, as we land the plane on today in episode one, a special thank you to our listeners. Thank you for joining us. We really value you being here. And hey, do hit the subscribe button. And tell people you know about us. We'd really value your feedback and any questions that you might want to send in to ask that we're going to build into future episodes and unpack them as we go. We would really value that. And you can check us out on our website, councilculture.org.au, and you'll also see the show notes there. Um, there's, you'll find us on social media. There's also some blogs and some really great resources that you can benefit from as well from today's episode and episodes in the future. So together, let's influence our culture with good counsel. See you next time.